Hello, my rebels. Today, I take a look at a remarkable threat made to Canada by the Chinese ambassador. He was pretty frank. He said, we're going to keep punishing you. It's going to get a lot worse. We're going to retaliate. Retaliate? Retaliate for what? We're the ones who need to retaliate to him. Oh, my God. I take you through his comments in the Toronto Star today. It's just nuts. Anyways, I'll let you get to that in one second. But first, let me invite you to become a premium subscriber. We call it Rebel News Plus. It's this podcast. It's the video version of it. And, uh, of course, we have uh, two other premium shows in Rebel News Plus. One is uh, David Menzies' weekly show. One is She the Gun Reads' weekly show. And it's all for just 8 bucks a month. You might say that's worth 8 bucks a week. And who would I be to disagree with you? But we're only selling it for 8 bucks a month. And you can buy a whole year for 80 bucks. May I invite you to do that? Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. 80 bucks. Bob's your uncle. Boom. All right. Here's today's show. Tonight, China just threatened Canada again. Will Trudeau do anything about it this time? It's July 8th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Look at this. I mean, just, just look at it. China's ambassador warns Canadians to get ready for retaliation. Just stop for a second before we even read the story. So this is a diplomat whose job is to be diplomatic, and he's making threats like some high school bully. He's a thug. I'm sorry. That, that's what he is. He's telling us what he's going to do to us because we aren't bending the knee enough for him, which is incredible given how obedient and submissive Trudeau actually is towards China. And this is normal enough, normal enough that there isn't an emergency cabinet meeting to deal with the China threat, that we aren't immediately responding diplomatically, such as by rescinding credentials and sending back Chinese diplomats, canceling our foreign aid to China. Yes, incredibly, Canada actually still gives China foreign aid. Uh, we're still giving them huge grants, like that $800,000 grant Trudeau just gave to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, seriously, that one. Or the bizarre contract Trudeau just signed to pay the Chinese military to test its virus on Canadians, his virus vaccine. We're not canceling those. We're not sending home the children of pampered Communist Party elites who are in Canada attending our finest universities and actually receiving Trudeau's emergency payment of $500 a week, even though they're foreign millionaires. Is there nothing China can do to make Trudeau stop loving them? This is what used to be called battered wife syndrome. The more they beat him, the more he loves them. It's like what Margaret Trudeau told reporters after Pierre Trudeau beat her so badly she got a black eye. She told reporters it just showed how passionate Trudeau was, that he really cared, and he was very macho. She said that. That's Justin Trudeau. He's taking the beating, and he just won't stop loving the Communist Party of China. Okay, let me actually read the story now, because it gets worse than the headline, if you can believe it. China's ambassador to Canada said Canadians should prepare for retaliation after Ottawa protested the Asian nation's security crackdown in Hong Kong. Oh, Canadians should prepare for retaliation, not 
Canada as a political structure or our government or our diplomats, but ordinary Canadians. What, is China going to maybe start spying on us through their apps like TikTok? Yeah, they, they already do that. If you have TikTok on your phone, it automatically scrapes data, like it grabs whatever's on your phone's memory clipboard, it's called, and it just sends it back to China, because why not? I mean, you clicked agree to those terms of service you never read when you downloaded it. What are they going to do? Ban our agriculture exports? Yeah, they already did that. What are they going to do? Hack our leading tech company and steal all their secrets? Yeah, been there, done that. That's how Huawei got its start, by killing Nortel. It just stole everything the Canadian scientists and entrepreneurs had spent years building. Oh, I don't know, maybe they mean they're going to kidnap individual Canadians? <laughs> Who knows? With bullies, you never really know what they're going to do. Let me read more. In an exclusive interview with the star, Ambassador Kong Pei Wu accused the Liberal government of interfering in China's internal affairs by suspending the Canada-Hong Kong extradition treaty and stopping military and dual-use exports to the city. It's actually amazing that Canada did suspend the extradition treaty to Hong Kong. I mean, of course Canada should, it would be used by China to harass and legally kidnap any democracy activists here in Canada. China's new security law is designed to prosecute people around the world for any political crime. They're arresting people in Hong Kong for carrying the wrong flags now. They're arresting people for singing the wrong songs now. So, yeah, you bet we're not going to let people extradite, be extradited from Canada to China. I'm just saying it's a bit of a miracle that Trudeau found the stones to actually do anything about it. So baby steps, give credit where it's due. Here's more from the star. Kong was reiterating and reinforcing the official line from Beijing. On Monday, a spokesperson for China's foreign ministry condemned the Canadian response, reserved the right to further react, and warned Canada would bear the consequences. I'd like to suggest you just wait and see, Kong said, when asked what specific consequences Beijing was contemplated. As I have told you, we are resolute in safeguarding our national security and sovereignty. We will not just sit idly by. What does that mean? Are they actually saying we're violating Chinese sovereignty? Because we refuse to ship people from Canada, our sovereignty, to them for some sham trial? That's not violating anything of theirs. That's just saying we're not going to uh, treat China and its legal request for extradition anymore. Uh, we're not going to treat them like a real country with a real court system that we would treat, say, Belgium or New Zealand or Peru. We used to be that way with Hong Kong because Hong Kong had real courts. But now they're just a dictatorship like Beijing. They've replaced Hong Kong's British-style rule of law with the counterfeit Chinese variety. It's, it's not violating anything of theirs. It's protecting something of ours. Only a bully talks the way they're talking. Here's the most surprising part of the interview. The, the number two China lover in Canada's liberal cabinet, number one will always be Trudeau himself, the number two China lover says he's maybe rethinking his love affair with the Communist Party. I'm talking about the foreign minister who, until about a week ago, had a $1.2 million personal bank loan from the Bank of China. He's so deep into China. Uh, his name is uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne, and he said, Champagne told the Star in an interview Friday that Ottawa is working on a new framework for Canada-China relations based on clear rules and standards, Canadian interests, and values and principles, including human rights. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. The star gives the last word to the bully to lay out the terms of surrender by which they would beat us. When asked if Canadians should take that to mean releasing Meng, that's the CFO of Huawei, would put an end to China's retaliatory actions, Kong said, 
If Canada takes the measures to remove the main obstacle, the Hmong case, it helps our relationship to be back on track. And that's conducive to the great potential of our cooperation. So if we Canadians violate our rule of law, we Canadians spring a prisoner from jail for political reasons. She's in the middle of her trial, Hmong Wenzhou. If we break out laws, if we break our own laws to suit the dictatorship, maybe, possibly, they'll stop taking our people hostage. They think that will work on us. Now, I know it won't work on Canadian citizens who tell pollsters that they regard China as an enemy now. The government, not the people. But I'm still not convinced these threats won't work on the coward himself, Justin Trudeau. Stay with us for more. Well, I tell you, between the pandemic and then the Black Lives Matter riots and Antifa riots, the usual complainers on the left have been fighting for some ink and airtime. I think of Greta Thunberg, who first tried to reinvent herself as a coronavirus expert. It was enough to fool, I think it was CNN that had her on a panel. <laughs> what? Um, and then she's tried to reinvent herself as a, a, a black rights activist. I don't think there is anyone whiter than Greta Thunberg. I got nothing against white people at all. I am a white person myself. It's just a bit odd for her to be an expert in whatever it takes. Come on, can I get the cameras back, please? I think it's something that a lot of climate hysterics have faced is that people just don't care about their fake crises when they're dealing with more real crises. And I think one of the legacies of the pandemic is that people are now extra skeptical of studies and models and anything that the UN says will true, will come true. We were all told about the disastrous public health models. Thankfully, none of them did come true. Well, will disastrous climate models come true? So many things that have set back the climate case. But one bizarre example comes from a place you wouldn't expect. NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies. Typically, that's a place not for uneducated activists like Greta, but rather scholars and scientists, well, it's become a hotbed of, well, just weirdness. Joining us now to explain how weird it's getting over there with climate activists is our friend Mark Morano. He's the boss of ClimateDepot.com. Mark, great to see you again. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ezra. Yes, NASA has gone woke, <laughs> to use that phrase. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, black holes and red dwarfs, these are phrases that regard astronomy. They're not racial comments. There really couldn't be anything less racial than the planets and the solar system and the cosmos. Um, race is something that happens only on Earth. So how does NASA manage to get itself saying things like this? And I'm quoting here. Climate justice and racial justice are the same thing and will never head off climate catastrophe without dismantling white supremacy. That was from Dr. Kate Marvel, who is a, an associate research scientist at NASA. That was a tweet from her. Well, what's happened here is identity politics has invaded the climate debate. I gave a talk up in Canada last November um, in Western Canada, and I laid out all of the identity politics which had invaded. And now with the recent riots, you can imagine the climate activists and scientists are just doubling on. 
Dr. Kate Marvel, NASA with Goddard Space Institute, uh, Goddard Institute of, of Climate of Studies, has come out now full wokeness, and she's derailing white supremacy. She's joining her other NASA colleague, Dr. Peter Kalmus, who says that race justice and climate justice are one and the same. And he says that essentially that plutocracies are colonizing and killing black people are the same ones that colonized and killed our planets. So if you go by what he's saying here, they're basically, this is a war by NASA scientists against the last 150 years of the Industrial Revolution. If they're going after colonization and the whole idea of uh, building a, a civiliz modern civilization, they're really turning NASA into social justice warriors. It's so strange. Now, I, I don't know the structure of NASA. I know that it stands for National Aeronautic and Space Administration, I think. Uh, it's an agency of the U.S. government, so what I, I would assume that civil servants are generally nonpartisan. I guess if this is someone speaking on their own time, on their own dime, on their own Twitter feed, uh, I mean, that's, that's fine, I presume. I don't know what the rules are for a nonpartisan civil service at a place like NASA, but it just seems off topic more than anything. I mean, climate... Well, it's not... It, it, to their world, they're saying that essentially the use of fossil fuels is essentially pillaging and raping people of color uh, and that any kind of mining or fossil fuel extraction is bad for the climate and bad for civilization, therefore. So in their mind, it's a war with many facets and this whole identity war, uh, the identity uh, politics concept fits right into that. And by the way, NASA, the Goddard, the, the NASA GISS, uh, which is where Kate Marvel's from, that is where the current head is Dr. Gavin Schmidt. He is openly advocating calls for carbon taxes. He's very political. Prior to him, we had James Hansen, who was arrested half a dozen times uh, protesting global warming as the head of the NASA temperature. So you see how unbi unbiased allegedly it is. And he also, James Hansen, the former head of this division at, at NASA, also endorsed a book suggesting ridding the world of industrial civilization was the way to go. Hansen said the book has it exactly right. We have to turn off the greenhouse gas machine. So it's been a hotbed of radicals in the climate division of NASA. Now, it's so bad that the NASA division that put people on the moon and put us in outer space formed a coalition called The Right Stuff, and they're condemning this NASA division at NASA for basically smearing and besmirching the good science that NASA has done. Yeah, you know, I, I was recently in Washington, D.C., recently, right before the pandemic shut everything down, and I went to the uh, amazing... Air and Space Museum there. It's, it's partly under renovations right now, but there's wonderful things there. You learn so much about rockets and space. And there's a wonderful IMAX movie. I think you can find it on YouTube. It's about the Apollo project to put a man on the moon. And it was thrilling and exciting. And I'd never seen the footage. It, it felt like it had found footage, just beautifully done. But one of the things I was left with was just how much effort and energy it took to get those people into space, to the moon, off the moon, and back to, to planet Earth again. And I would say, I don't have any proof on me, but I would say that was probably the most carbon-intensive act <laughs> that humanity has right. ever done. I mean, if you look at the size of the rockets and the amount of, like, it was fire. They were burning it. And, to, and this huge, like, a, they sent a skyscraper into space called a rocket. And... They went so many hundreds of thousands of kilometers around the world to the moon and back. I can't think of any other human endeavor 
where so much carbon was released for, you know, to get two people on the moon. I think that's how many. And, you, and, and you, for these people coming out against carbon, shut down NASA. If you're against carbon, you better shut down the rocket program. And believe me, I don't think they would probably be far behind that. I mean, you're right. If NASA's scientists who are speaking out now, essentially against modern civilization and uh, what they call white supremacy. By the way, white supremacy is the new phrase for racism. They love that phrase now. Uh, and white privilege. But white supremacy is what NASA's scientists seem to be using now. You know, they would have to denounce the legacy of NASA. In other words, if you can't have George Washington because he was a slave owner, and you, you cannot certainly be work at NASA and get a paycheck from someone who spewed uh, carbon dioxide pollution, in their words, into the atmosphere in a quest to get us in a mad quest to get us into space. So it, it is absurd. But this the rules of identity politics don't necessarily have to make an ounce of scientific sense. Hmm. In fact, it's gotten so bad, Ezra. Uh, that you know, they, they, there was a scientist in Africa where the hurricanes recently hit, and they're actually talking about, you know, the headline was, white people are blamed for causing a cyclone in Africa. And here's the quote, even the white man's own science corroborates, corroborates what we blacks know. And they're going on. They're actually now climate, uh, no, I'm sorry, um, racial activists talking about the, quote, white man's science, unquote. And this is who NASA is aligning themselves with. So the question you have to ask is, is climate science part of the white man's science or is it part of the enlightenment science? I don't know the answer. Huh. You know, um, I, I like to think that science is objective. Experiments can be replicated, whether you're black, white, green, brown, yellow, pink, whatever. Yes. Um, it's, it really is the most merit-based place. Um, you know, two plus two equals four, no matter the color of the person who does the math. And I, I find it disappointing that even the hard sciences, hard sciences are falling to this wokeness. But I think maybe, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of Kate Marvel here. Um, she, she's pretty white. And I think maybe it's just fear <laughs> that she'll be named and shamed for something. So she's, it's like those male feminists like Tr Justin Trudeau coming yes. out as super woke because they think, I hope no one will get mad at me for all the groping I've done in my career. I mean, Justin Trudeau, of course, groped that reporter in Creston, B.C. and said, whoops, I thought you were a nobody. Um, maybe she's preemptively coming out against the mob. Maybe she's saying, if I denounce astronomy as racist, maybe the, the mob won't come for me first. They'll pass my house and go after someone else. Just like a few years back, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a brilliant... Uh, astrophysicist who happened to be wearing a sort of a gaudy Hawaiian shirt that had a lady in a bikini on it. And this guy had just, you know, did an amazing, amazing feat of science. But because he wore a, a Hawaiian shirt that was considered sexist, that's the whole news of his amazing space. He was drummed out of the place. It was just, you know, he was shamed, named and shamed. I don't know. I, I think that NASA is one of the greatest achievements not only in American history, but in the history of humanity. And I think it's super gross that these people are, are selling out their own heritage. And by heritage, I mean their intellectual, academic, uh, and you know, adventurous heritage, just for some momentary buzz in some political fashion. I find it very sad. Last word to you, Mark. 
Well, yes, uh, this is essentially nothing short of the corruption of science and certainly what was left of climate scientists. In the case of Dr. Marvel and NASA herself, she popped on Twitter, made these comments, and then I highlighted them and I did a, a mail out. I got a lot of publicity and then she promptly blocked me on Twitter. And as far as I could see, hasn't been active since she did this tweet. So maybe she's gotten some blowback inside of NASA because she went really over the line. Although she's been an activist in the past promoting things like the Green New Deal. Uh, and she comes from this long history of this narrow band of NASA scientists willing to just go political. And it's, a, it's really a shame because I'm going to leave you with this phrase, Ezra. It's science in support of policy. And we're seeing that with COVID. We're seeing it with, with NASA's science. In other words, they will produce the science necessary for the desired policies. Mm. And the desired policies are carbon taxes, Green New Deal. Same thing, with, by the way, on um, COVID. Mm. Masks. Every study prior to COVID was how masks are not effective outside of medical establishment. This was Chicago School of Public Health, the New England Journal of Medicine, the CDC, the World Health. Suddenly, Politicians want to have masks because they want the public to be involved in the fighting COVID. Now we have all these modeling studies being cranked out the last six weeks claiming masks work in defiance of all the previous studies. So it's science in support of policy. That is what NASA is engaging in when it comes to climate science. It's what the National Academy of Science is engaging in. It's what NOAA is engaging in. It's how they fast track studies before UN climate centers. It's how they do the national climate assessments in the US. That's what the IPCC is all about. And this is the new era of science, science in support of policy. And this is the ultimate policy is the, uh, you know, the being woke. So now NASA is going to go full woke, I'm, assur I'm assuming. Uh, you know, Gavin Smith hasn't reprimanded Kate Marvel for these comments, and he's the head of the NASA Climate Division. Hmm. Mark, it's great to catch up with you always. Uh, as always, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Ezra. Appreciate it. All right, that's Mark Morano. He is the boss of ClimateDepot.com. I should note that I know from observation that NASA has astronauts of every racial and religious background, and this is a slander against their own organization. Stay with us more ahead. Hey, welcome back to my monologue last night. Corey writes, I think the cancel mentality must be deep-seated in human nature as it keeps popping up in different cultures at different periods in history. We need to think of an effective way to counteract this unfortunate human trait. <laughs> you know what? One of the people who signed that letter yesterday today renounced the letter because someone else she didn't like signed it also. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't think she really meant to sign it in the first place, do you? Paul writes, you must have to be clinically stupid to be a liberal elite. Where did they think censorship was going to lead? Well, you know what they say. If you feed the uh, tiger, maybe he'll eat you last. On my interview with Candace Malcolm on the Independent Press Gallery, Bruce writes, we need a free voice to tell the other side of the story. Government media are always biased towards their masters. Let's hope and pray this new gallery will shake up the officials. Well, um, I don't know if it's going to shake up the officials, but if it can, can pro provide some strength in numbers um, and do some things that the establishment always used to do, have a parallel track for free journalists, I think that's going to be progress in itself. Well, that's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.